Hello and welcome back to Grim Encounters. We are an actual play horror comedy tabletop RPG podcast using the chill 3rd edition rule set. My name is Nort and I'll be your sweet little chill master. And I believe we're starting season 2. And my players are? Robert playing Wesley Hung. Anna playing Mavis. Derek's playing Father Frank Flanagan. And I think... The la- where we left off, there was like a finale or something? Something. It felt like the end. I mean, or is it just the beginning? Ooh. No. Yes. Cheesy and the beginning of the end? end? Yes. The beginning of the end. That's what it is. Oh, oh, yeah. So, uh, it's, we haven't recorded a, a podcast in so long, so. It's been, of, it's been months. It's been at least a month. It has been at least a month, I think. Oof. <laughs> Oof. That's rough. We did those bonus episodes all in one day, so... Stay tuned at the end from a promo from our friends over at Top of the Round. A D&D 5th edition podcast. Alright. So we're just gonna... We're gonna hop back into it. If you guys remember, uh, we, we ended the last episode with you all defeating Rupture. Pykele losing his hand, but... Gaining his family back and his reputation. Him retiring from save. And you all three kind of walking into the sunset with your relative friends or books. It has been a month since then. You guys got checked out by Dr. Steep, by Dr. Rosenberg. I believe that was his name. And you're a German doctor. And he has assessed from you and all the other victims that you have been. You were being eaten your life force was being eaten by these creatures so you all kind of needed some time to recover and the HQ has put all of its forces into getting these people home some of them were easier than others like Darius was already home so that happened um so and some of them were from other parts of the world so they had to figure that out and the unknown have been for the first time in years have been kind of low like the sightings have been incredibly low that makes any sense Mm -hmm. yeah so it's kind of like the dust has been settling and there's been just like stillness like the eye of the storm or it's the quiet before the storm there you go (laughs) thank you I don't have sound sound effects now (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we're we're gonna it's it's currently 10am January 1st 2019 ooh there was a significant time jump from you guys being in the Simulation, simulation slash unknown realm, mm. which Father Frank discovered and handled it pretty well, I have to say. Hey, man. Hey, you know, time's just a complex we make in our own brains, so. Everything is freaky. This is not shaken my faith. In fact, it has affirmed, affirmed that God does exist in an alternate universe. Possible. Yes. Wesley, why don't you start off? Why don't you kind of like re-describe? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wesley, what are you doing? Like, what have you been doing? What month? have I been doing? Uh, a lot of hanging out with uh, Dee Dee and, and Todd. Um, yes. Also checking in on my family, because it's been a while since I've been there. I've been also helping them with their restaurant and just kind of doing that thing of, along with my normal workout routine and that kind of stuff. Kind of yeah. checking in with everyone and say, be like, hey, are we good? We good? Okay, I'm going to be here. Just let me know, you mm-hmm. know, just and haven't really heard too much from them, but just doing my you know, hanging out with the fam and stuff. Yeah, you, uh, your parents were devastated when you went missing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, 
probably should have told him something, you know, when I just <laughs> disappeared for a little while. Uh, and then so when I imagine you just showed up to their restaurant. Yeah, like, hey, hey Ma, hey Dad. Been, a while, been gone for a little bit, was <laughs> on a trip. Um... When you walk, when you walked in the first time, your father uh, dropped the plate he was holding and ran to you with a hug, and was like in tears with the excitement to see you. Um, and uh, your mother came out and was like, "Hello, Wesley," and then kind of gave you a, a good pat and said, "We need you in the kitchen." So, all right, throw on my apron and get back there like I normally do. And then you, you heard your father kind of try to scold your mother, but that never works out very well. No, no. Oh, by the way, they do spring. Uh, speak broken English, but I'm not going to force you I, to do that. So yeah, I so like yes, they are <laughs> just just imagine like the, uh, it's broken English. So because they 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 came they're from they're Chinese, correct? Correct. So they came from China. This, yes, like years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they do spoken and Chinese accent with broken English, and I don't want to do that because that is no. <laughs> I will not uh, force you to do that. Uh, I I mean you know territory territory. I'm not in. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine speaking Mandarin would be yeah, learn. There's gonna be my voice. <laughs> yep, sounds good to me. <laughs> oh, so that's all you've done? Pretty much, yeah. Not, okay. Not breaking from my routine too much. So okay. So yeah, you received a text, uh, a call about a few hours ago from Charles, informing you that you that you're all having a meeting at about ten thirty. Okay. Uh, so that he, you know, he's telling you to come in. And to, you know, be prepared because they're handing out cases today. Oh, As well okay. as having just a, 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 a HQ-wide meeting. Right. Uh, so you are, you're like standing, you have like a, a standy mirror in your room. What is like, you look into it. What does Wesley look like? Um, He is, the best way to probably describe him is he looks kind of like uh, a guy from Street Fighter. Okay. okay, he's he's bulky. He's he's got a very he's very muscular, uh, but I always wear a tracksuit, uh, variety of colors. But they always have like the two stripes on the sides, you know, because that's that's the thing. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. one stripe depending on the day how he's feeling. Um, but he's got, you know, uh, I believe I described him before: black hair, brown eyes, um, kind of combed over to the side, uh, not too long, but yeah, that's 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 Wesley. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he always wears his dart chain as like a belt, but it's kind of underneath his uh, jacket, so it doesn't attract too much attention. Gotcha. For the record, uh, three striped tracksuits are the best tracksuits. Mm, one or two. Got to go one or two. Yes, three. Got to be bold with the one sometimes. It's got to be Adidas. The the real question is, what material is it made out of? Because <laughs> oh, is it made out of that like that like you know like that? Sh- 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 oh. Well, yeah, that's that's only that's, that's, that's the that's, only that's, one, that's right? The only okay, one. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta, what tracksuit is made out of like wool? I mean, well, no, 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 not like wool. wool. <laughs> like no, it's like there's a, like the sweat there's like the sweatsuit no, ones, no, no, and no, then no, there's no. the uh, windbreaker ones. Yeah. No, 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 not it's it's like you think a typical tracksuit. That's what it is. That's not, what it is. Okay. Not like the '80s, like you know, like super. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like tracksuit. You live next to a thrift shop that sells just track. He's their best customer exclusively. <laughs> That's how you get so many tracksuits. So, do you live? Do you live with your parents, or do you have like an apartment? I was. Your parents? I was actually bunking with uh, Todd. Okay, so like because I can't afford one by myself, just mm-hmm. helping my family out for you know yeah. at the restaurant. Because so. they live like above their restaurant, mm-hmm. and they they have like a flat. Yep. And you live like on the same street then. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, Todd 
is cool with living around. Yeah. Because he loves Chinese food and, and Japanese food and stuff, so. Oh, yeah. I also love Chinese food. And I'm going to make it canon that your mom fucking loves Todd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She thinks she's he's he's freaking <laughs> awesome and, like, just the the coolest guy ever. Like, oh, yeah. She's always asking him to, like, move couches even though she doesn't need to move the couch. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. And he's super happy to do it. Yeah, he gets free Chinese out <laughs> yeah. of it. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> she invites him over for dinner all the time. You know, it's almost like she loves him more than me, but. <laughs> it's because she does. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, so I imagine you just you uh, take a bus or something. You hop in the. Yeah, yeah. I'll take. I'll take. I don't a know. Bus if, I don't there. remember if you had a car. No, no. no, no okay. Yeah, it's Chicago, so there's decent public transportation. Mm-hmm. Also, there's also Uber and shit. So. No, I'm gonna pay for that. I got my bus yeah. pass. Okay. Um. So the the, ca- the camera kind of shifts to. Uh, did you? Where does? Where was your parents' house located? Wasn't it Injustice? Or was your parents' house located in, like, downtown Chicago? Uh, I lived in the suburbs. You live in one of the suburbs? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the camera shifts to one of the suburbs of Chicago and kind of narrows down on a very nice-looking two-story home. Uh, the outside's not very well taken care of. Um, it's not bad-looking. It's just, like, the hedges haven't been trimmed in a few years. And it, it kind of goes through the front door. And you see... Mavis, what have you been doing? So... Um, well, after we got out, um, I spent some time, um, like, with Jewel, just, uh, talking about our lives. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're not, we're not even that old, but, like, it feels like we're old. Oh, yeah. Uh, We've definitely been through a lot together, but, uh, Jewel did go back to, um, uh, her HQ. She sure did. Um, I've been... I don't know, just kind of hanging around the house. Uh, took a couple solo trips out to um, some, like, state parks and whatnot. Yeah. And just did some, like, thinking by Soul myself. Soul surgery? Yeah, a little bit. Oh. Because uh, it was, uh, I mean, of course, at the time I didn't know it. Um, they were recruiting and keeping safe people at the hotel. But um, unfortunately, my parents were not there. Um which would have been rather convenient. It would have been. But it wasn't vampires that were in charge of this yes, hotel. Yes, I know. Uh, so you kind of stand up in your bathroom and you're like looking at yourself getting ready. What does Mavis look like? Okay. So um, I think I think I also, I think I decided to cut off all my hair. Not oh. like all of it. Like just like. Um, it was like a medium length, like mm-hmm. between the shoulder blades. I think I'm going to go with like a classic, uh, I'm going to go with an asymmetrical bob sort of thing. Okay. Um, kind of gets out, gets out of the way too. Yeah. Did you highlight the asymmetrical part? Like with like blood red tips? Um, I'm going to go with blue. See, see, you always got to do that. It's the accents. Yes. And, and her natural hair color is... is is like a chestnut brown. Chestnut brown. Mm. Okay. And then she has um, hazel eyes. Um, I think she's 5'3", athletic build. So Doesn't she wear a lot of like hoodies and stuff? Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, hoodies and jeans. Hoodies, so jeans, cute. neutral colors. Uh, hiking boots often. Yeah, and a bu- bubble backpack. 
bubble backpack for the squirrel. <laughs> I, I have a pet squirrel. What is your squirrel? What is their name and what do they look like? Uh, Arrowhead. He is a black squirrel with a white arrow on his forehead, hence the name Arrowhead. And I believe he has a bow. You have a bow that you keep on. Yeah, it's a bow tie. Mm-hmm. He also uh, has harness and he eats trail mix often. And he is well trained. Yes, he is very well trained. Yeah, it's almost as if he was a pet prior. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's Mavis, Mavis Osterling. Yes. Uh, and your main goal is to find your parents that you thought were dead, but you found out they are currently alive and uh, thralls of vampires. Okay. Mm. Oh, and and Wesley, he was a former save he does recruit that during the fall of the Chicago HQ. He was one of the only survivors, and he thought everyone else was dead. Mm-hmm. So they kind of just... I just went back home. Yep. A little backstory. <laughs> uh, there was a team that they played, kind of like a B team from a different HQ, because the Chicago HQ is kind of in secret. It is kind of going underground, because the Midwest was entirely... About 85% of it was wiped out by the unknown in just one day. And a lot of the former veterans are very uh, paranoid, and they don't trust the organization right now. So they're, uh, it's a lost HQ, um, and the, that's what the lore says. So it's kind of they're kind of in hiding, uh, kind of trying to take back Chicago before they come out into the fold again. Maybe you haven't really talked to them about it. So and uh, Jules was from I think it was the Milwaukee HQ, mm-hmm. uh, one of the last remaining HQs in the area, because Middle America is just basically overrun in secret. I mean, no one really knows, and people don't know that there's monsters, but. And Jewel was the head of a different team. And that was mm-hmm. Mavis's best friend from college. So there's a little backstory on that if you're just jumping into this episode, which is a decent starting point, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the camera pulls away from you just as you get into your Mavis mobile, which is uh, was like a 1986 station wagon. Mm-hmm. With a faux wood paneling. Yeah. And you hop in and your squirrel kind of hops on the dashboard and is eating some nuts look, mm-hmm. watching you drive. Oh, and you make your way to the HQ, which is located in Justice, Illinois, it's a suburb of Chicago. And it uh, zips away, and it flies to this church, this older-style church. It's decently sized, you can, but not, like, humongous. Um, the front sign says, Our Lady of Sorrows Catholic Church. And um, where would Frank be right now? I am sitting behind my desk, actually writing writing something are you in the church your church office i am in the church office yes because behind the church there is another like house an old old house correct and the camera zooms through the front doors and it opens with it and uh it goes through and there is a a a younger you know he's like and he's like late 30s man he is sitting at the standing at the podium it looks like he's practicing something it passes that gentleman and goes into the back room and it zooms through this into this like study area and you see Frank. What do the listeners see when they look upon Frank? Frank appears to be a man in his early to mid-70s. Tired, worn, weathered, um, with a spark in his eyes. Very nice white, white hair. And very, very black, stark, um, priestly clothing. So. With the collar and all. Collar and all. 
Got it all. And then, uh, and then the uh, silver crucifix. Yes. Yeah. And leaning up against the desk next to him is a, a beautifully elegant cane. Oh yeah. It looks a little stockier that. than most canes. Yeah, that's true. I always forget about the cane. And uh, what? But what book is laying out in front of you? Um, this is actually so. It's a great question. In my downtime for this month, mm-hmm. I have been going back and. Um, we are a bit behind on keeping records yes. here in in uh, this particular save area. So I have been going back and cataloging the group's endeavors that we have been going on, as well as musings by Father Frank. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah, because the church has been running without you. It's Correct. just been kind of a mess. Yeah, a little bit. I've, I've, taken, a a man step, job. I've yeah. taken a step back. Yeah. Uh, because uh, for the listeners who are tuning in now, they they were missing for like six months. Uh, they were kind of held captive by a bunch of unknown ghosts slash digital entities slash uh, something. We don't know what else. We don't know what that thing was. Yeah. Well, I know what that thing was. Like me, your daddy knows what the things are, but they don't. And that's just how it, be, daddy. how it be sometimes. So you're sitting there and you're, you're wrapping up and oh, yeah. your phone rings. Oh. <gasps> Ring, ring, ring. I put it up to my ear. <laughs> uh, you hear it. The phone connects, and there's like some. It sounds like the person's outside or oh. something. And you hear a very familiar voice. Mm. And then you hear them say, Father, we have a problem. Abraham? Yes, Father. It's me. What can I help you with? You remember the little problem we ran into? He says, Do you remember the little problem we had a few years back? And a chill goes up your spine. As he says that. Yes, of course. Well, I'm afraid that we might have a similar problem here again. Can you meet me tonight? Yes. Yes, of course I can. Although, Abraham. Yes. What was the last thing you left to me before you... Before you went off, a golden lockpick. All right. Where are we meeting? We are meeting at McKinley Park around 8 p.m. I will be there. Awesome. Thank you. That sounds good. And you hear the phone click? Can you roll perception? Yeah. Yeah. I got a four. So uh, you hear it click, and you're like about to put the phone down, and then you hear another click. Hmm. <sighs> Mm. But you're you're pretty sure that it is, but you don't know. The wires are kind of old, so that's fair. Okay, so take that as you will. I do. And it's about ten a.m. and you know that the meeting starts in about thirty minutes, and you do hear the doors open up, out like coming into the church. Oh, okay. Well, I'll close my I'll close my book, put it into my desk, grab my cane, and. And hobble out. And you are greeted. You see your two teammates as they walk in. What do you guys do when you see each other? Peace it's sign. It's been a month since we've seen each other, right? Uh, we've probably so. seen I each mean, other. We've seen each other off but, and on. Well, I mean, because you are you are all welcome to help with the refugees, and I'm sure some right. of you would. Okay, okay, okay. But Leah, let's say you haven't seen each other in like like a week or maybe I don't know. Sure. Yo, Triple F, what's up? I just do peace signs. (laughs) 
magnificent to see both of you. Yeah. Energy is not wasted on the youth. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you ready to go down? Yep. Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's do this meeting thing. All right, so you go like down the cellar stairs of the church into like the where you keep the communion wine and you walk past the wine and all the boxes and behind the boxes there is like a a faux bookshelf that you kind of move out of the way and uh, you all walk down like a a spiral staircase that descends for like for a while and it gets colder obviously a little Mm -hmm. bit because it turns into like stone um, like almost like a cave structure and uh, it opens up into a bright white, like, 1970s style. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reception area with, like, with some updated furniture thrown in, but there's, like, a lot of, like, old, nasty-colored couches that look pretty comfortable. But And then to the left, uh, you see another, like, door. There's, like, a door that's open, and it leads to, like, a lit cavern that like a cavern hallway and you see a couple people walk through there that you recognize as team uh, team cursed passion Uh, you see Wu uh, a Japanese man who lost his voice and he nods to all of you and then you see a very large uh, very large woman she's about like 6'6 just ripped corded muscles and she has like um, her army fatigues on and she walks past you guys and gives you all a wave. And then behind them arguing is the twins, Gene and Dean, <laughs> who look identical up into the fact that they're both different genders. And they have long blonde hair and blue eyes. And they're just arguing back and forth about something this incoherent because they have like a twin language, something obnoxious that I imagine they'd have. <laughs> that would upset me. Yeah. Like twinnies. <laughs> yeah. And he has like thick rimmed glasses that like, and he kind of had, and uh, and she's like drop dead gorgeous, but she looks like she could kick your ass. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because she was an MMA fighter, and they kind of walk in before you guys. And at the front get at the front desk is Sydney, one of the lab assistants slash secretaries that lets you in. Um, and she and once you guys walk in, you see her hop down, and she's like maybe five foot tall and she hops down off the chair and follows you guys into the bullpen that is like an old like it's like it was, looks like it was themed after like a 1970s police headquarters um the ceiling the, the ceiling's super high it looks like it is an old cavern wall that they have like reef reese re uh purposed um and you just open up to this huge bullpen with desks and like there's a kitchen that you see in past the kitchen, like an open air kitchen, and past the kitchen you see all of like the chair, all of the like cafeteria tables, and it looks like they have pushed them all together to make a giant circle. Mm-hmm. And um, in this, in the HQ, you know that there's like there's an extensive library, there's bunks for everyone, and you t- to your left and you see a person comes out of the gym. It's this very large man with a bald head and just lots of tattoos and uh he gives all of you a big toothy smile as he walks up to the meeting table as well and uh he he's putting on his adidas jacket 
And he's like, hello everybody, how are you doing? It's me, Roman. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Father Frank is a wonderful recruiter. <laughs> um, and as you're walking up to the table, you see a ton of people that are either seated or standing around around the tables um at the front of this this like meeting table they've created you see the council of five um and you and you all take a seat at the opposite end of those at of the this giant table uh like in the middle there's just openness if that makes sense is all making sense okay uh and you you look directly seated in the middle of all these people is uh is a man by the name of Richard Black. Uh, he is the former chief of the Chicago branch and the current head of the infrastructure of the location. Um, he is the one who sends you out on the missions and makes sure you get the resources you need. Uh, he uh, stands up and like to greet you guys, and he is an older Caucasian man in his late 50s, um, and he's about 5'11". And uh, as he gets up, he like stumbles for a second and then grabs his cane. And uh, you do remember that his leg was just devastated by a creature of the unknown during the attack. Um, and he he like smiles at you guys and greets you. And he you you take a look at his uh, his like green eyes and he has like this short salt and peppered black hair. And uh, he sits down, and you look to the person that's sitting next to him, and it is this man in this like firmly pressed black suit like a black tie and he is like leaning in his chair like super casually and uh that is charles fletcher he is the head of your communications department and mavis's uh family uncle friend uncle charles is what like she called godfather him. pretty much yeah <laughs> and charles deals Meet with the god oh, couldn't help it couldn't help it <laughs> it's okay and uh charles deals with recruitment money and other mysterious tasks He's just over six six feet tall and 42 years young. Uh, he runs a hand through his short brown hair and gives a beautiful smile and wave. Hello, everybody. How you doing? He gives you all a nod. Um, sitting next to Charles, looking straight up to the ceiling, and is a Caucasian woman that appears to be in her late 40s named Sarah Smith. Sarah is the head of the art and is in charge of training and researching the mysterious magics of the art. Sarah's blue eyes seem to be pure white at the moment, and she seems to be mouthing something about the ceiling. She level levels her head and blinks a few times, and her eyes turn back to normal. She cocks her head at you three as you sit down and readjusts her army helmet that sits atop her shaved head. She reaches into her one of her many pockets and begins eating jerky without blinking. On the other side of Richard is an imposing African-American woman. Her long black hair is tied up into a tight bun, and her army fatigues look well ironed. Her, ar her left arm is missing, and the sleeve is tied off at the shoulder. Uh, she is your head of security, First Lieutenant Naomi Davis. Uh, Davis's brown eyes soften as she sees you three and gives you all a firm nod. Last, but certainly not least of the council, is a short, greasy white man, and he sits on the end. He has, a lo he has long black hair that falls down to his shoulders, and as he looks up to you, he pushes up a pair of thick Coke bottle glasses onto his nose. His massive green eyes stare at you, you all, and he excitedly waves at you all. That is Dr. Dax Thornhill, head of R&D. He also goes by the name of Captain by a few. 
but yeah. not us. <laughs> and around the table is a slew of other HQ members, the other teams there. And also standing around the table is Mark and Sydney, your two secretaries slash la- uh, lab assistants. Um, and standing kind of off to the back closest to like the medical lab is Dr. Steven Rosenberg. He's your elderly German man, doctor. He's the HQ's doctor. Um, you found him living in the walls of this HQ after the attack. Because um, this is like an old HQ they used before they got their brand new fancy one that got destroyed. Uh, and standing uh, behind Team of Curse Passion is uh, the the big Russian bear of a man you saw prior, Roman. Uh, and next to him is a shorter woman named Daisy Watts that you guys discovered that was in the simulation prior that said she was she was from 1914 so she is a little time deplaced lastly coming out of the storage room and standing behind Richard is one of the strangest people at the HQ uh, he put he places his hands behind his back and stands stiffly behind Richard. His name is Dr. Morris Grim Woodsgate, and his white plague doctor's mask stands out prominently against his brown leather round hat and brown leather jacket, pants, and thick boots. And he is stiffly standing and awaiting the meeting to begin. Richard pipes up after about a minute of silence and says, Welcome back, Team Heartsbane and Team Cursed Passion. It is wonderful to have you all back. And just an explode of applause comes from everybody. uh, Do you all say anything? I don't say anything. I'm just clapping. For yourself? (laughs) Everybody else, too. I just kind of... Yeah, I agree with you. Just a nice, nice small golf clap. Uh, And just looking around and nodding. The applause uh, ends... And you hear like a, a chair squeak as Dax stands up on it. Um, and he's a very short man. He's like five foot two, I believe I said he was. Um, and he goes, um, I'd like to thank everyone for coming into the meeting. Um, it's a pleasure to have everyone back. And I know that Pico is retired now, and that was one of my friends, but that's okay. Uh, we'll still have a fun time, and uh, I just want to thank everyone for being here. And then he starts to stammer, and uh, Naomi pats him, like, on his side, and he uh, sits down. <laughs> and he kind of, like, he is, his face is all flushed, and he starts fiddling with his hands. Wesley claps for Dax. <laughs> everyone kind of... Awkwardly starts clapping too. <laughs> um, then the meeting continues as normal. Assignments are handed out to people, and it appears the unknown are back at it again and doing their evil deeds. Uh, Richard walks up to you with the familiar manila folder and hands it to you guys. Are you guys ready for your next mission? Yes. I have pressing matters this evening, but yes. Of course. I completely understand. Yeah, I just got to tell my mom, but yeah, I should be good to go. <laughs> he smiles. Uh, well, this, uh, I'll give you the brief details before you read the notes. Uh, the wife, uh, the uh, so you're sort of looking into a missing person's case. Um, 
The wife of this victim has sworn up and down that she saw him on the street last week when she was driving home from work, even though he's been missing since December 15th. Um, when she stopped the car to confront him, he ran away. As if he didn't know her. Okay. Uh, so that is really my all. And he, under his arm, he has another folder. And he goes, uh, if you have any questions for me, let me know. I'm going to go give the assignment to the other team. The familiar tappings of the cane uh, echo away from you as he walks away. I open up the manila folder. So in the folder, there is a few pieces of paper. There is like a file on the victim. His name was, uh, his name is Mickey Francis, age uh, 31, height 5'8". His weight is about 140 pounds. And he is a Caucasian man with dirty blonde hair and green eyes. He disappeared on December 15th while he, after he was out with a few buddies uh, on the town, like drinking and stuff. And the last thing they saw him do was get into a cab and wave goodbye. He never returned home that night, and the taxi, the taxi, uh, was never like found or anything. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then there's the address of where he was uh, last seen walking, which was North LaSalle Street, walking through a crowd. When he was confronted by his wife, that's the details she gave, and the key witnesses you have listed is only one. It is Yasmin Francis. Uh, it's about a 25-year-old woman, and uh, they give the, her address if you needed to speak with her. Does it say what she just saw the altercation between the wife and this, husband? No. Or? So the, the wife, that the wife is one of your witnesses, she saw her husband. Oh, okay. So Yasmin is the wife. Yes, Yasmin okay, Francis okay. is the wife. Uh, I was confused. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's the one that reported it, and the file ended up on gotcha. Officer Chuck's Chuck O'Doyle, which is your key contact for this case. Good old Chuck. Uh, and he passed it along to Richard. And it, at the bottom, it lists your contacts for the case, which is Officer Officer Chuck and Officer Nick. I'm a little interested. This doesn't seem like it has any anything to do with the unknown. Yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that um, he didn't recognize her. Could have just tried to skip out. I mean, I guess. Uh, hmm. Interesting. But um, when uh, Rosenberg talked to uh, my parents, they did the same thing. When he confronted them in the streets, they ran away because they didn't know him. Hmm. Okay. And her phone number is listed, too. Okay. So what is your uh, first course of action? I look to the team. I mean, we should probably call her, right? Agreed. All right. Maybe you can call her, set up a time to, like, we can meet up and talk to her about it. All right. Awesome. Cool. You've got like one of the, what is it, the ratchet phones? Yeah. Rotary phone? Is it, yeah. yeah. Like a ratchet phone. Ratchet, phone. ratchet phone. I'm like, hey, that's not the right word. I don't, <laughs> don't remember what it's called, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you eat rotary. Just at your desk. Bring, bring, bring. It, uh, the phone connects. 
Hello? Hi, Mrs. Francis. This is Father Frank Flanagan. Uh, I am with the... Uh, oh, I totally blanked on the Chicago PD. Anyway, yeah. um, name. Um, we have some questions in regards to your husband. Um, I was wondering if we might be able to set up a time this evening to come over and talk to you about what you saw. Um, yes, uh, that would be fine. I have actually taken the day off work, uh, so I am currently home right now. I can be ready within the hour if you wanted to stop by. I think that we can manage that, yes. We will be over promptly. Lovely. And she, she disconnects the line before you can. Something's off. I my do, like a whisk- regal woman's voice. My whiskers are buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> is that like your new sense now? Is that like- yeah? I imagine that's what it is. I was in the ghost realm for too long. <laughs> the ghost realm. Ghost realm. The ghost realm. <laughs> so instead of getting like goosebumps or anything, you're yeah, just, just like th- your beard just stands on end it now. Just, it's <laughs> just like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Can okay. it do that? <laughs> sure, we <laughs> do do that. I don't care. Uh, uh, do you guys grab anything before you leave besides on your rumble stuff? Just top off my flask. Okay. I got everything I need on me. I don't grab anything special. I'll bring. I'll bring my uh, book. Your special book? My special one? Because why not? What's so special about your book? It talks to me. It does talk to you. <laughs> We haven't quite, I haven't quite figured it out yet, um, but yeah, we're going to. It speaks to me. It's a dead father, or not a dead father. I don't know. It's complicated. <laughs> Possible. All right, so you guys. Um, are we oh. taking the Mavis mobile or are we taking the black van? Um, black we're taking van? the van. Duh. Why <laughs> would we take our, the? I don't know, the <laughs> that's our tactical vehicle. Jeez. Of course, we're taking yeah. that. You guys used to love the Mavis mobile. Um, and then Until we upgraded. We upgraded. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, the Mavis Mobile is like a backup slash if we want to go to different places. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, you guys uh, walk out through the uh, reception area again, and you take that weird-looking tunnel, and it curves with the like with the ground underneath it, and there is like uh, like factory uh, like bulb lights. I'm trying to think of the name for them, but they're like fluorescent. Yeah, well, no, they're like the like How- halogen lights. I don't know what they're called. They're halogen lights. I think so. It's not like the long, skinny ones. They're like, they're like wall mounted, mm. um, and they have like the the, like the metal wire around them. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Just kind of leading the way, and it leads to like, uh, it opens up into an underground parking spaces, similar to like the above ground parking garages, except it's underneath, and you see a, just a slew of cars parked down there. And uh, you hop in to the, the mobile. Did you want to describe what this uh, van looks like? Um, it's a black 15-passenger van. Um, on the inside, there's a like bucket seats and uh, equipment for uh, communicating and doing some research. Mm. Um, I believe we did keep um, Paykel's Google box. Yeah. That was the weather one, right? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. The, it uh it gives us updates on 
any strange weather like, patterns. In the immediate vicinity. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, yeah, you guys hop into it, and it's a little outdated because it was the van that uh, the Arcane Oracles used, which was Mavis's parents' team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you hop in it, and uh, it clunks on, and you drive up the ramp, and you open the gate, and you drive into, like, an, oh, it's like a trunk, a trucking company is the outside, uh, or, like, semis park to load up and stuff. And there is the familiar old man, like just really old, that is sitting at his desk. And he comes out and waves to you guys as you pass. And he just looks, he has the biggest smile on his face. (laughs) And you hear him under his breath whisper, save his back. And uh, you drive to her location, which is like a suburb over. So it takes about 40 minutes to get there because there's some light traffic. And you pull up to her house. Awesome. All right. Is there anything uh, weird about the house? Uh, no, you don't see from the front. There doesn't seem to. I mean, it kind of looks like the other houses in the area. Okay. Just a simple one-story house. For sure. A contemporary ranch. Yeah, I mean, it does look like it has a backyard. Neat. But you don't see. You can't see it because there's a house in front of it. For sure. <laughs> Does that house even have a yard? Well, it has a backyard, but it's behind the house, so you don't know. And she doesn't have a driveway or anything. She just parks on the street. Okay. So, yeah, you hop up and you approach the door, I imagine. Yes, of course. I wrap my cane. Unless there's a doorbell. There, Sure. There's a doorbell. I ring the doorbell. Ding dong. And after a few seconds, the door opens. And it's a... Uh, it reveals to you, which you can assume is Yasmin. Um, she's about 5'4". Um, she is leanly built. Uh, and she has like a pressed like woman's business suit on. Like the pantsuit and everything. Uh, it's like a light blue. And uh, she has this like a stone face expression. Like her, her lips, it's like her, her lips are like thin. Where it's like not necessarily a frown, but it's like one level above that, if that makes any sense. Like mm. almost like an expressionless uh, look on her. Mm. And she says, hello? Mrs. Francis, we spoke on the phone earlier. I am Father Frank. Hello. These, these are some of my companions. We work in tandem with the, the police office. All right. I will uh, do come in, please. She gestures for you to sit down in like her living room. She has like some seats set up, hmm. and she sits down in, in like this chair. This like a, like it's like a lazy boy, but she's just sitting in it, like firm, like stiff back, on like the edge of the seat almost. Okay. She said, "And you had some questions." Uh, yes, just a few. Um, guys, I think I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna activate telepathic empathy. I don't do this very often. <laughs> Father Frank Franklin is fluent in a lot of magic called the art. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I, I still got it. But <laughs> rolled a 92. So a, it does activate. A token flips dark. Um, 
quick explanation of the tokens. There is five tokens on the table right now. Uh, three of them are white, two of them are black. And the players and I can use these tokens to affect the game. Where is it to activate magic from the monsters or the players can use it to activate their magic. Um, they can use it to save a life. They can use it to add to their target number. Uh, or decrease from their target number. I believe that's how you decrease from your target number. Mm -hmm. um, and they can use those tokens and for many things. So it's a very core aspect of the game. Um, if you need a better like in-depth explanation, in our previous episode, I, in our listener Q&A, we go into depth about the tokens, I believe. So, yep. But that is a rough interview. That's really all you need to know. And so whenever you hear that like ticking sound effect I just played, a token was flipped either white or black. All right, so why don't you tell us what your empathy does? So telepathic empathy um, at the level that I have it at, which is master, um, I can focus on a particular sentient creature and increase the result of any. So I have a plus 30 to all of my interview and communication checks um, against the person. I can't be lied to, basically. Well, she um, could lie, you just know she's yeah, lying. Yeah, I know she's yeah. lying, yeah. Um, and I can very easily de-escalate any situation comes volatile. So how do you activate this this magic? Um, so really it's just like, I, I, I think of it as like an expanding of like emotion. So something from inside that just like flows out to the area around me. It's kind of what I think. And it calms her, correct? It kind of just like eases her a little bit to you? Um... I know it's not just, the calm yeah, one, but like, yeah, I'm just aware of yeah all of the emotions around me, basically. Okay. On a very like deep, deep level. Okay, so when you activate this, um, you on the surface immediately you get just like, um, she is like distancing herself from everything. Okay. Like her stone face demeanor is a front. I can't. Yeah. Okay. Um, she inside she is like devastated. She misses her husband, as she has like a lot of guilt. Um. Like, like, not like she did something like, bad, but it's like she feels like maybe it's her fault he's gone or like something like that. Okay. Um, and she has a, a lot of sadness. Okay. Like if there's like a, there's almost like a storm cloud above her, like theoretically. Oh. Um, and you can just tell that almost anything could push her over the edge. <clears throat> um. So why don't you? Before you ask questions, why don't you give like a role, just like a interview role? How about that? Do you have interview or are you communications? I can't remember. Um, I have both. Okay, so just do interview. I know you have a ridiculous interview yeah. now. So, um, because what's your base interview? Seventy-five. Okay, so right now you have thirty. Yeah, because I was gonna give you a minus twenty just from her demeanor, so yeah. you have an eighty-five, which is great, because uh, it's a D one hundred. He rolls a D one hundred. And he got a 29, 29, which is a high success, high success. because it's either ha it's meets half or it's below half. Okay. Um, and if he rolls, if he rolled like a 65, it would have been a low success. Mm -hmm. If he rolled a rolled any anything below the number, that is a double. So like 66, 55, that's a colossal success. That's really good. That's a crit. But in return, if he rolls below his number, it's a fail. And if he rolls below that number double so like if you rolled a 99 above 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 yeah, yeah if you roll a 99 a it was a botch which is a crit fail yeah. and that can lead to real fun things i can do so <laughs> but you got a high success so that's great she goes so uh 
She like loosens up a little bit. She goes, so uh, what did you want? What did you want to know? First, I'd like to offer my condolences. I know this must be a very trying time, Mrs. Francis. <laughs> yes, it is. Know that that's overwhelming. why we are involved in this in this situation. We deal with matters that are sometimes very sensitive. She just nods. Um, so, some of our questions that we have. One, um, when your husband was out the evening of the 15th when he disappeared uh, were you um, fighting at all during that time Um, well of course we have fought we are married Um, but that night we definitely didn't necessarily have a fight Um, I got home from work around 4.30 I am a lawyer for the city I help with the representing criminals that don't have cases or if the city's getting sued I represent the city so I was home from that um he didn't talk to me much um he seemed slightly distant but I mean it's kind of been like that lately we've kind of run into a rough patch in our marriage um but uh, no he left at 6 so we didn't have much time to speak with one another he just told me he was going out okay um with that you said that he was acting distant. Uh, how long had that been going on for? So, about last month, um, I I was snooping. I was looking through his phone when he was sleeping, and I caught him talking with another woman. Um, when I approached him about it, he promised that nothing happened physical between them. Um, that they've only been on a couple dates and that nothing happened and he promised he would stop the interaction. So we've been kind of... Uh, it's been kind of weird between us, if that makes sense. Like, I, I, it, all the trust I had from him is gone and I believe him that he's changing, but I'm having a hard time fully forgiving him. It's mainly my fault, but... Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of why he's been distant. Because I've been extra cold. Okay. The night that you saw him again, mm-hmm. um, you stated that you hadn't really had any... He had no recollection of you. How did you How did you know that? Or how um, did you feel that? that I slammed on the brakes when I was leaving work. Because um, I saw him immediately outside of the building. As I pulled out of the parking lot, um, and I jumped out of my car and ran to him, and I, you know, was, was like, "Honey, where, where have you been? And I miss you so much." And he looked confused that he's never met me before, and uh, so I followed him. Yeah, he ran away, so I followed him into an alley, and he was talking to a disfigured-looking person. When I approached him again, they both scattered, and I chased after them, but I lost them in seconds. Uh, go back to that. Disfigured. What did you mean by that? His features were disfigured in the way of, like, they were non-distinct. Their, his eyes were, like, almost like, they were super, like, small, almost like slits. And it was dark, so I don't know if it was the trick or the light. Um, and his mouth was a little bit bigger than that, but like a crud, and like, she points to her, her lips. Mm-hmm. Um... 
and they, made, they had no hair on their body. And the, the body was like almost a head shorter than my husband. And how tall was your husband? Five? He's a five, about a 5'11". Five five, five, okay. And, yeah. Hmm. Can you roll a focus for me? Yeah. Uh, 38 out of 70. Boy, have so. you seen that before? I, I, I was thinking that. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. So, okay. 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 Um, outside of, of that, um, your husband, what does he do? My husband is, he- was head of the security for City Hall. Head of the security for City Hall. Okay. Very, very interesting. All right. Um, just one moment, please. If you'll excuse me, and I gather my companion. Uh, she just, she says, okay, and she gets up and she's like, I'll, I'll go get some, some water. Do you have any other thoughts on this that I'm missing? Group? Did she say that he looked different than normal? I know she said that he acted different, but did he look different? Not particularly, but we can. I can go back and like ask Is that. he wearing the same clothes when she saw him? Is he, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's the only thing I got. Yeah. Really. Who, who did he go uh, out with? You need to, you should ask who he went out with. Well, so we knew can. that, though. Right. Well, you just, I think in the just case, it's just right. from friends or okay. met some people or something. So okay. So about a minute and a half, two minutes pass, and she comes back with like a tray, and there's some glasses of water on it for everyone. Thank you, Mrs. Francis. Um, so just a couple questions, and then and then we'll be leaving. Uh, where exactly and who did your husband go out with that night? Um, for my knowledge, he always went out with. His two friends, Colton McRae and and Tristan McRae, two brothers from his old days. Okay. Uh, and do you happen to have their information where we might be able to contact them? Um, she pulls up on her phone and she goes, "Well, I have I have Colton's number." And she writes it down and hands it to you. Okay. And uh, so yeah, I mean that that's who he went out with, I would imagine. And did you not know where they had gone? That so, uh, I am not 100%, but I could, the bar they always went to um, was this Irish bar down in downtown Chicago called Over the Hop Ale Works. Hmm. And then one one final question, Mrs. Francis. What um, was your husband dressed appearance-wise the second time you had seen him? The same, different? She like looks at you and she's like, like something clicks in her head. She goes, no, he was wearing something I never would have seen him wear. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like odd clothes. It's just for him. It was different. And any other startling things about his appearance? Uh, paler than usual, perhaps? Or um, circles under his eyes? Anything, anything that you The darndest thing is that he looked the best I've ever seen him. All right. It was a hundred percent him. Just well rested, well fed. That makes like mm. he didn't look hungry or scared or anything. Just mm-hmm. all right. You've been very, very helpful, Mrs. Francis. Um, and I'll give her like our personal 
number. Right? Sure, yeah. Um, if you can think of anything else that might be pertinent, um, we'll look into this further. Um, I think I think we may have something, though. Um, when we do some further digging, we'll let you know. She, she nods. Well, all right. Thank you for looking into this. No, thank you, Mrs. Francis. She sees you guys out. Bam, bam. Do you uh, do anything else at this location? We could do a quick once around, but I don't know. I don't know because he wasn't taken from here or disappeared. Well, from here. that's the thing, though. So, um, so yeah, because you you didn't have with these creatures they don't have any idea yeah so what I, I am right right it is what it is i mean you're pretty sure okay you don't like know 100 percent because you haven't seen it but yeah taking the evidence in hand with how the it looked how the person looked and the thing he was talking to yeah. um so i think this may may be an issue well yeah i mean us. that's why we're here no i mean We should get in the van for now. I mean, okay. Sure, you guys hop in the back of the van. I think this might be Ganabe. Oh, go away. And, and when he says it, he like shivers. Mm hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I guess we can do some research on that. Mm. No, I'm almost certain. That is what it is. I don't think I've ever told you why I appear this way. No. Old? I'm only 58, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just figured you like smoked or something. No. Wesley literally has like a blank stare on his face and just kind of like semi-draw drop like, uh, what? Kanabe are some of the most nefarious unknown creatures that I have had the displeasure of meeting. They tried to infiltrate the um, Church of Our Lady of Sorrows, and uh, I found them out. They are shapeshifters after a fashion, and they feast upon, well different things but it it's never good wherever they come in okay so they like they feast on different things like what emotions um particularly life force life force yep um and the fear and terror of their victims they like to get in close insert themselves personally and find out the fears of their victims to elicit the worst possible imaginings so that they might feast upon them um and you would know from because you've researched them since you've been back yeah. just because you were you wanted to know everything about them like in the first week you were there mm -hmm. uh, you know that their main goal is to establish power yep in a, in a location so they can do more of terrible things without getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
this is truly what it is. There's never just one. Well, that doesn't sound good, but I mean, we gotta do what we gotta do, so that's... Ouch. Yeah. Mm. I, I stubbed my toe. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we, Mavis stubs her toe through her combat boots. <laughs> we in, need, in the car. Yeah. <laughs> we should, um, from henceforth on, keep uh, with us any type of blessed weapons or iron or silver. Well, can't you just bless anything we have? question it worked with your crucifix it did work with the crucifix but that's also silver. it was also full silver yeah so i'm not sure which it, which of those two things it is it, well you can assume that it was both yeah um but you know uh, but that that, that may, only works on some of them um and then you, you know there's a discipline you like you would know yeah that you could bless stuff yeah but we don't have that so i don't know if anyone in the age i don't does. think anyone does it's so a, do it's you a think protective art isn't it yes no here, I'll look it up. I don't remember. So do you think we need to go back to the HQ and get weapons before we head out? Because we just have our regular weapons. Well, these could be any person that we interact with. Oh. And the only reason that I found out about them was I came into the art telepathic empathy. Well, if it's any person we interact with, who do we know to interact with? No, I mean, it could be any per- it could have been the wife, although it wasn't her. Um, you would have known. I would have known that. But how do I know it's not you? He's not dead. That's true. You mean you do know that you have to kill the victim to assume yeah. it's formed? I, mean, I am. Hmm. Yeah. Eh. But it could be anybody. He is right. Um. But that does mean, unfortunately, that Mr. Francis is no longer among the living. Hmm. Well. Well, we got part of the case solved, I guess. I have a confession as well. Abraham is meeting me tonight. Who's that? Who? You've heard him mention him before. Mm -hmm. Not in detail. He is um, a young man that I took in years ago. Um... We put a stop to the Ganabe when they tried to come to the church. I haven't seen him in, in several years. Isn't that a little interesting? I do believe it is him, though. Although, I'm not... Mm, not entirely sure. Yeah, but if he shows up and they show up and they both show up at the same time... He's been hunting them. Oh, okay. But still. I agree. Okay. I have my reservations as well. I'm going with you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Wesley. Okay. I guess I'll go too. It's not until later this evening. So we I could... Mean, ouch. We could... Um, hmm. You could do some more investigating just in the yeah. case and just mm-hmm. get other people. We can either hit up the bar or go talk to the... Or you could talk to those brothers. Maybe we can get a hold of them or mm-hmm. like... I don't know. I'm not That's sure either what would be the best course of action. Uh, let's do the bar because you just said that we don't know who to trust. Maybe maybe those guys were in on it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And you, so, um, are you guys done at this location? You're not going to yes. go check anything else out? Okay. Yeah. All right, so you turn the car over and you make your way to the bar 
And as you are pulling onto the highway, the camera zooms out and it pulls back and keeps pulling back. And this camera zooms up, zooms north to a, a far, much far colder place of the United States. And it zooms down into this snowmobile dealership. <laughs> and underneath this said dealership is a similar winding staircase, except there's a nice little elevator next to it. And it heads down into a beautiful save complex. Bastards. And it goes into, and this isn't like a bullpen. These are like private hallways, offices, and there's like dedicated corridors and stuff. And the the camera stops on this doorway, and it's slightly ajar, and on the front it says, Jewel Christensen. And the camera sneaks through the little crack, and sitting at her desk is Jewel, and her teammates are all around her. Um, trying to think of all her names. There's Tessie Dillian, Dylan. She's sitting with a tight pony, tight blonde pony, glasses resting on her nose. I imagine she is on her phone leaning up against the wall. Um, polishing a gun is a man in full cowboy gear, young, young man. Um, he has his hat tipped down a little bit, and uh, he has a cloth that he's wiping his hunting rifle. Junior. His name, Junior. they call him Junior. Roland. Yeah, Roland. Roland Junior. Yeah. yeah. He is the uh, son of a veteran famous save envoy. Um, there is a police officer standing promptly at the doorway, quietly, not saying a word. And her name is Miranda. Um, and the camera kind of rests in the middle of the room. And uh, Miranda pipes up and goes, So what do we tell the boss? You've all like told her what happened, but you didn't tell her that you left out the Chicago stuff because you weren't sure what to say because you want to talk to everybody in private. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miranda just kind of awkwardly like puts her hand on her shoulder, not knowing what to say. You're the team leader. I'm gonna take a pause moment. So, are we referring to the time that we were in Chicago and okay. attacked by the vampires? So, and you've told her about that. Team? Okay, that's that's what I want to make sure. Uh, so, before after the case, you guys, you went to the save the Chicago HQ, correct? And you met everybody there, correct? And they did ask you not to say anything, but okay. they all knew because they, your Richard knew your parents, and they he knew that they weren't easily. They would do what they they knew they thought was right, no matter what. So mm-hmm. he kind of got that vibe from you. So he just he asked you not to say anything. Okay. And he explained why. Okay. Um. Um. I don't know if you and Mavis would have talked about it at all. I don't even know if you would have. I don't think we would have. Because she doesn't seem that she cares either way. She she her main goal is finding her parents. Okay. Um. So you did get a tour of the building and everything, and you met everyone. Okay. Your whole team did. And they like you know took care of you until. You were dropped off at the point. My loyalties lie with the people. We shouldn't say anything. And she he, she looks upon uh, the other two. I mean, I don't care. Do as you say. I'm good to go. Mirandy. What do you think? Y- yes. Um, I because you're a little bit of a tattletale. Uh, she looks super like not offended, but just like embarrassed. She goes, "Um, 
I mean, I'll, if as a vote, I, I mean, I, I agree that we shouldn't say anything. Um, I'm a bad liar, so I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna avoid it, ever. Um. I. I mean, it feels wrong not saying anything, but all of those other HQs did go, and they all died, and ours didn't. We we saved the. We repelled the attack. I think that was just luck. And these creatures are probably still out there, and we shouldn't let them know that the biggest HQ in all of the Midwest, one of the biggest HQs in the entire country, is alive and okay. So, I firmly believe that your call is correct, Jewel. Good. Good. On to our next case, then. We bury it. All of it. And, uh, the camera... Uh, zooms up and it just rests on a crescent moon and that's what we're going to call it yeah <laughs> I was not sure what Shane was going to do there I wasn't sure. I, w- I was really happy that I asked you because I was like, what What do they know? What do they not know? Because so they know everything. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you guys, I mean, even the people that like they rescued kind of had an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of them weren't brought to the HQ. Yeah. Just because that's crazy. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. I'm, oh. I'm surprised Shane didn't like throw a wrench into everything. I, I don't right. always. <laughs> No, that's so that I was very excited to give you that choice. I, I'm, I'm curious. I was curious to see what Jewel would do, because Jewel's uh is the daughter of two Top Gun detectives. So. She's, she's pretty straight laced. And she do can what she wants. I mean, she's MMA fight. She could like MMA fight. She stuff. can do a lot of stuff. She's pretty badass. She's like the she opposite of Frank, <laughs> basically. Yeah, but still like a, a nice good, a nice she's, good person. Like she's Frank. like a hothead, take action parkour mma fighter strong woman don't need no man yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially no chad yeah fuck chad she judo flipped chad she, yeah she did actually in canon she did beat the shit out of chad when they broke up because he tried to like be gross yeah and beat the, she beat the shit out of him fuck chad fuck chad fuck chad chad got eaten by werewolves and that's fine did he yeah i'm yeah. Just saying it now he did <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he right did. Now, it after happened. college, yeah. he got even more wolves, and no one cared. No one How said sad. anything. It's not sad. It's it's not. it's only How sad. How sad for him? I no. mean, I feel bad for the werewolves because they had indigestion for like a week. Oof. Too many monsters. Yeah. Yeah, too many monsters. <laughs> okay. Did you guys have fun? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I hope you all had a fun time listening. Um, I know there's a lot of me dialogue for me. I was trying to set the stage for people who wanted to jump in on this episode. Yeah, totally. Uh, so. Hopefully it'll be better next episode. Just a heads up for the people that are joining us now. I have so many voices for these characters. And they all have different accents and stuff. It's not just my voice. Um, and you got to hear Dax's a little bit. But I have some fucking wild accents I do. <laughs> and I don't know if they're good. I mean, I like them. No, so. but they're fun. They're fun. I mean, they're better than some I've heard. So yeah, that's true. That's true. If I'm if I'm I'm if I'm the best of the worst, that's still pretty good. 
still not number bottom. Anyway, number bottom. If you want, if you like the show and you want to support the show, leave us a review on 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 Twitter. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's what it's called now. So call it iTunes. Um, we actually have a few reviews that I wanted to uh, read. I'm going to read a couple of them. Um, we got a few going back. I don't think we ever read this one. Did we read the one from from a Rob? Did we ever read that? I don't remember. I want to say that we did because I think that that was the. Uh, I, I think you mentioned it. I don't. Think I don't you know actually if you read, read it though. Okay, yeah. Well, well, we'll read the one from from a Rob then. If we do it again, that's fine. He's a he's a great listener, so we'll give him a little extra spotlight um and it says awesome five stars definitely something special happening here and you owe it to yourself to give these guys a listen you will not be disappointed and that was from rob 2630 um and then our next review uh, is from uh rolling on fate which is a podcast we did a promo for and uh the guys over there are great and uh he, the they listen to a few of our episodes and they have this to say Subscriber already, five stars. Grim Encounters is a fantastic actual play podcast. If you love dark stories set in the real world with magic thrown in, this podcast is for you. They have great music and folio sound effects. The audio quality just gets better down the line, so subscribe and catch up with them already. They are a fun group, and the chemistry between the players and the DM is fantastic. If you're looking for another podcast to add to your list, I highly recommend Grim Encounters. Um, and we have some more, but we'll read those in the next episode. But, yeah, sweet. Well, thanks for that. That means a lot when you guys leave reviews. It does mm-hmm. help the show gain some visibility and traction. So I love hearing what people have to say, like mm-hmm. if they like it or don't like it. You know what? Yeah. What do they want to hear? You know, that's that's always good feedback. So. Yeah. And you can always uh, message us or tweet us at Twitter at Grim Encounters. Uh, I'm I'm pretty active on there. I reply to almost everybody. Yeah. I like to talk to people. Uh, if you want to join our Discord, it's in the description of this episode and on our Twitter. Um, you can go on there. All of the cast is on there. Yeah. You can chat with them, ask them questions. You can post funny memes, even if they're just like D D and D memes. We like those too. We all love dandy. So, um, but I think that isn't for the housekeeping. So wait, am I forgetting something? Yes. Wait, wait. What's that noise? Do you hear that? It's right behind you. Oh, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> you. you <laughs> She was so good. <laughs> <laughs> you you turn behind you and you see a creature that its head is split into all fours and it has a giant tongue that's sitting into the air and you scream in terror as you cower and it uh it coughs and then its head forms into a face and says oh sorry over there didn't mean to scare you I just wanted to let you know to stay spooked out there. What an awful encounter. <laughs> you literally jumped. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Kenan, and I'm the DM for Top of the Round. We are a homebrew, character-driven, actual play podcast, fueled by the power of D&D 5e. What happens when a naive druid, an orphaned monk, and a mysterious drought elf are roped into becoming a mailman for a goddess? Join Talus. As you know, my bosses aren't the most merciful people. Jazz. Hey, do you guys know where I could find a map of everywhere? And Seku. We might as well try. 
It's the worst thing that could happen is we could die. Find us wherever you listen to a podcast. Episodes drop every Monday. Hope to see you soon.